Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rainbow Road. I am your host, Travis, and this is your co-host, Mike. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It is a beautiful, sunny February day in Toronto. I'm happy to be here on a Super Bowl Sunday uh, that has almost no meaning for me other than I hear a lot of ads. Oh, and there's going to be the advertisements for it. But we also, we have a guest here with us too, Travis, don't we? Yes, we do. We have Miss Kara Couture, a drag artist, streamer, illustrator, and all-around wonderful person. Kara, thank you so much for joining us again today. Of course. Thanks for having me back. Uh, you may remember Kara from our Hades episode uh, from a couple months back, and she's back with us again today. We, today, are going to be talking about Unpacking. Unpacking is a puzzle video game developed by the Australian company Witchbeam and published by Humble Bundle, released in 2021. You are tasked with unpacking the boxes in a woman's life for each home she moves into. The game was a critical and indie success and exploded online with the ability to share your finished rooms online. So, let's jump in. How did you guys first hear about Unpacking? Like, where did you hear about it from? Because I found it through Twitter with everyone sharing their rooms and stuff like that. Uh, Kara, how did you find out about this game? I found out about Unpacking through E3, actually. Oh, okay. It was shown off during one of the first presentations of the whole thing, and in my opinion, the best presentation of the entire event um, in the Wholesome Direct, which is like one of my favorite things to exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I immediately ran to Steam and I wishlisted it along with everything else, and... uh, then I got Game Pass provided through Stream Queens. So I was like, you know what? This is what I'm going to play first off of it. Oh, okay. Uh, Mike, how did you hear about Unpacking? Uh, Travis, you told me about it. <laughs> oh, so you, had you not heard of it until I mentioned it? <laughs> no, I hadn't heard of the game until you mentioned it. Oh. Which I may come as a shock, but I had seen the title like floating around, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any idea what it was until you told me about it and it sounded really cute. And then eventually I just pulled the trigger on Steam and... And enjoyed the heck out of it, because wow, <laughs> what a cute game. Also, if you if there's one word that would for you guys describes this game, unpack and you can't pick unpacking because that's the title. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one word to describe the essence or like a feeling of this game, what what would that word be? Uh Kara, do you want to go first? I would have to say aspirational. Because the reality of me owning a home <laughs> that I could actually move into and unpack in very low in this economy <laughs> in this economy oh my god forget about it uh yeah i think that's a very relatable sentence yeah absolutely travis i would say i, I look i realize this is not going to be a universal term this is very much my experience with it mm-hmm. uh but i'm going to say soothing. soothing because i mm. played this right before moving This is a very interesting time in my life as I'm making a lot of discoveries about myself. Maddie and I have just broken up. Uh, We were finding new apartments. I'm changing careers. There's a lot of unknowns. Mm -hmm. Moving is super stressful. Anyone who says moving is not stressful is either lying or rich enough to afford a lot of movers um, and, like, can afford whatever place they want as well. So, Mm -hmm. like, because it it, it is so stressful trying to find, especially in Toronto, Mm -hmm. where the housing market is just ridiculous. Everything is super expensive. I feel like that's everywhere, though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, mean, I guess I should say in big cities, because like, mm-hmm. it, it's always more expensive in a big city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was stressed, I was anxious, and the thought of having to do all of this extra work on top of it was really stressing me out. And something about playing this game just was very soothing for me, not only because it was a lot of fun and it was very wholesome, but 
Just like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's just stuff in boxes. Mm-hmm. You will be fine. It's like a warm-up round for the actual <laughs> move. Yeah. I've, I read a book that said a lot of famous sports players, before they make a play, they'll visualize the play in their head. And I feel like having this game before your move, it helps you to, like, visualize what the... Pro- I mean, again, aspirational in the sheer, like, scale <laughs> and size of the places you're moving into eventually. But uh, I feel like it's it was a good, like, warm-up round, maybe? Yeah, for sure. It was very calming in that exact way, um, trying to visualize how it was going to go down, especially because this is a new kind of move for me in that I have always lived with roommates or a partner. Oh, my God. Is this your, like, first place on your own? Yeah. Like, I- I've lived, like, separate from my parents for, like, over a decade. Um, uh, but yeah. I, I have not lived on my own alone. Big step. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump into the game itself. So starting with that very first level, which is, what year was that? Was it like 2000? No, 1997. No, no, in, the, in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, it was the 90s, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many little like cultural touchstone references in the items, which I found really cute. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm like just, I think the perfect age for it. But You know what? I realized I did hear one thing about unpacking on the internet. I don't know if it was Reddit or something or someone, they couldn't figure out what the blue box was. Like they, they couldn't suss out like... And it was supposed to be like a GameCube. Yeah, exactly. And people were like bemoaning <laughs> that online, being like, oh my God, like new kids like don't actually know what a GameCube is. My bones are turning to dust. <laughs> Same. Yeah. yeah, but this was, uh, yeah, I think it started in 1997. Yes. So yeah. 97, it is her first, uh, does she ever, get a, she doesn't get a name, does she? I don't really notice that. Mm-mm. No. no. <laughs> well, I guess makes it not kind of nice and self-inserty. Yeah, I felt kind of but it is a it is a female protagonist um that yeah and, and so actually one thing that I really like about this game uh I'll just say right off the top is that the whole narrative is conveyed through environmental storytelling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which is like there's no you're not getting like fed a narrative, there's no dialogue really. It's just a game of of contextual clues and cues. Yeah. Cues, clues. Blues clues. Yeah, it's Yeah. <laughs> you suss out the story through blues clues. It's, it's all in the context. Yeah, well, exactly, though. Like, it is a little bit of, like, I don't want to say a mystery, but it is something to be, uh, to be really cliche. It's something to be unpacked. <laughs> like, it's, you go through her items and sort of figure out bits of her life as you do that. And it's amazing how much you can tell about who she is as a character through the things that she has packed. So let, let, let's start again. Yeah, with that first level in the child's bedroom, uh, her unpacking her toys. This is sort of our opener of how the game is going to go. What were you guys thinking and feeling as you played through that level? Uh, starting with Kara. So I, I was a whopping one in 97. So <laughs> a lot of the references were like, they're things I know about, but they weren't things that I had growing up. So it felt like I was... This was a period piece for you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bones turning to dust. It felt like I was going through like my older cousin's things. and Like being a gamer, being artsy, even though there is like that kind of... I wouldn't say a generational gap, but like there is that <laughs> that little like age difference between like myself and the character in the game. I it's funny. I, like I hope this isn't weird, but I honestly kept thinking about you while I was playing it because I knew that like you find out that she's an illustrator, and I don't know why you were just the image that came into my mind <laughs> as she was growing up and like becoming a person, and like I don't know, it was. I, it's just who I thought of, and I'm so glad we got you on for this uh, because Aww. you were aware. And picturing. for those that don't know, Kara is a very, very talented illustrator. Oh, you gotta go see her looks. Yes, uh, I was. Just, <laughs> I just lurked uh, Kara's Instagram not that long ago. 
I recommend you do the same. Yeah, Kara, do you want to describe like the very specific kind of dragon illustration that you do? Yeah, so um, I am, I, I lovingly call myself the Draws Play Queen of Twitch because I love I, it. <laughs> when I was on the Hades episode, I'd actually just started doing this. This is an experiment to see like, if I could do it because I stream out of my basement. It's very cold. None of my drag is thermal. Still a year later, you'd think I'd learn, but I don't. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I need to still be able to do drag and be comfortable for stream. And so I just started doing makeup based on characters from different games. And I would photograph that, throw it into Procreate, and then I illustrate the rest of the look around it. So um, I'm doing a Great Fairies series for Zelda right now. Yes. We're going to be doing a Zelda Villain series pretty soon. I just did Miss Pac-Man, and I'm the only person doing anything like that on Twitch as far as I know. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but... I've never seen anyone else do it, and I think it's so unique and beautiful what you do. Like, it's it's so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so then we'll jump ahead to the next level, which is the dorm. Uh, moving out on her own. Uh, how did you guys feel while playing this? Uh, the one time I have moved out was for the one semester I moved away for college before I transferred back home. So this was like the most relatable unpacking experience because it's really the only one I've ever had. And just being like, oh my gosh, like this is what college was like, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <I went>. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? How did you feel while you're playing through the dorm level? You know, the first time I ever experienced a dorm was living in China. I'm sorry, wait, what? Yeah, because I, I mean, I lived in Toronto and I went to, I went to university in Toronto here, but then... I did some contemporary sociological course abroad, and that was the first time I, I that was in my early 20s, and the first time I was like in a dorm was, 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 yeah, in China. Huh. Yeah, they also, the toilets are, are different there, so that was like a new experience. <laughs> uh, and also you're like not supposed to throw toilet paper in the toilet, you need to throw it in the garbage, which to me is like really gross, but it's just like the cultural norm. Huh. So that was my first... <laughs> cultural shock slash dorm experience uh yeah the, the the dorm level was good i what did i really remember from that i think the computer was like the biggest thing yeah it was like kind of a clunker yeah and I, and I was like oh yeah i remember these <laughs> in the in the first bedroom you know you have a bunch of stuffed animals but then you also have this like pig yeah the pig but th- and there's also like a little photograph of a pig and to me that was like oh that's like the most special of the plushies because she actually has like a photo of the pig plushie as well or a pig or something so mm-hmm. yeah uh, how did you uh, how did you find the, the dorm experience in unpacking Travis? I felt like it was very true to life of a dorm in that there were too many things to fit into such a small space there was just so much stuff and nowhere to put it and I think that's very at least for me reminiscent of my dorm experience especially because like I had a weird experience in that I went to a dorm for one semester in a city where my parents lived. I I didn't need the dorm. I just wanted out of the house so badly. (laughs) I needed out of that house. I feel like that's not uncommon. Like, I feel like a lot of people just, they want to, when they're leaving the nest, it's like, yeah, I'm asserting myself in my own boundaries and I'm going to stay on campus even though it's, like, I, I don't know. It's expensive, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it? It was expensive. I don't regret it, but, like, it's certainly a privileged position to be in. But I do remember, like, I was not limited in a lot of ways that other people were coming from further away places of, I could take as much stuff as I wanted. Like, I, I didn't have to fit it into a suitcase. I could take whatever I wanted and keep adding to it because my parents were not that far away. And it was not that easy because there's no room in a tiny-ass dorm. You just can't <laughs> fit everything in. <laughs> So I, I absolutely connected with that, uh, trying to squeeze everything into a small space and make it all work. 
So yeah, I, I really liked that level. I thought it was really cool. Again, you get to start seeing more of a personality of like what her hobbies are, what her interests are, getting to learn more about this character. Because don't you find like when you go, I'm, I'm talking, this is about real life now, but when you go over to someone's house, I feel like it's always this like very interesting museum of them and their lives. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of what we get through this experience too, like especially going through, it's, it feels like oddly personal, right? Like, cause, Yeah, you're going through someone else's stuff. Yeah, exactly. It also has this kind of, um, what do you call it? When you're like, like the creepy, like when you like watching people, like they're- I'm Oh, thinking, voyeurism. Voyeur, yeah. There's got this voyeuristic quality to it. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Uh, that I really enjoyed as I, as I was playing through. Yeah, no, it, it definitely has that vibe to it as like, you're learning more about her through her things, which sounds a little creepy now that I say it out loud. But <laughs> it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And especially that pig. The pig is so cute. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys have any stuffies that you still keep as adults? Oh my God. I have four Rubbermaid containers full of the fucking things. Oh my God. I love you, Kara. I love you. What you <laughs> okay. Like if you had to take one with you into a new place, what one are you taking? Oh God. That's so difficult. Don't make her choose. Yeah. Like I have. <laughs> yeah. Pick the favorite amongst your children oh right now God. on air, Literally. Kara. <laughs> like my, my mom is similar to like we have a container that's like nothing but stuffed animals that go out at Christmas time. We have one that go out at Easter. I do have one for Easter though. It was like my favorite one growing up that was like it was always the big thing when the Easter stuff came out. It's a duck that it has like a blue pleather raincoat and little rain hat. Aww. Not the greatest thing to snuggle with because that material is cold <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be super cozy <laughs> but it's very cute that is cute mike do you have any stuffies i do i weirdly feel guilty talking about it though because i've they're just like in a box in in my <laughs> studio which i don't know i guess feels like the kid in me is like that's so cruel how could you do that to your stuffed animals but the adult in me is like it's not i have a tiny space and it's not practical to have them out i also have a cat who might like you know, destroy them. So shred it. These are just excuses at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you got to keep at least one or one or two or four of your favorite stuffies or, or, or a couple of Rubbermaids. Why not? Yeah. I've got, um, I've got two that I keep around. I've got a, a stitch one, like from Lilo and stitch that I absolutely love. And uh, a heartless from kingdom hearts. Shocking. No one. I am sure. (laughs) Shock and uh, shock Pikachu face. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. One, One of my containers is nothing but like Pokemon plushies. And I a love few, it. A few Neopets ones too. Oh, oh man, my Neopets are probably starving in a cage somewhere. No, Neopets is like <laughs> done, right? Because the Flash player is debunked. Nope, they're still going. They're making NFTs now. Oh shoot! Are they making like a game too? I think there was a rumor that they're making a Neopets game. Yeah, there's some talks that like they're trying to figure out how to put it on Switch. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay, so we'll jump into the next home, which is in 2007, where she's moving in with roommates. Even though she had roommates, I as I was doing this one, I remember saying on stream that, like, this was probably what my apartment would look like if I lived by myself. Yeah, this is where I started getting strong Kara vibes. There'd be stuff everywhere. There'd be stuff in process. I'd have, like, costume things on one side. I'd have art on the other. And it would just be, like, very organized chaos, because I can't pick one thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> And like her roommate had like that sort of sailor scout outfit. Like yeah. I, I, I can't I can't tell if that's exactly what they were going for, but it's absolutely what I was getting. Yeah. Was Sailor Scout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I loved it. Uh Mike, what did you think about this level? Uh I, I, it's one of those very relatable levels where you're like, yeah, if you've ever moved in with roommates and tried to squeeze your stuff in with a bunch of other people's stuff, uh that's that's what that experience was, a hundred percent. And uh it's weird. I, I get this like anxiety of like 
oh, I'm going to lose track of like the sum of the stuff that I have because it's just going to get mixed in with the like melange of things that exists in the space already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had to sit back and realize it was a video game and none of none of this was real. <laughs> But that does happen when you live with roommates. Like, that's just a thing. Like, stuff gets mixed up. You have to keep track of whose is whose. But also, like, it becomes part of the collective pot. Like, you all just sort of, like, you want to borrow my video game? Okay, cool. Go for it. You know, make sure to, to take good care of it or whatever. Especially when you've got, like, one central TV in the living room. Like, that's just a thing that happens. Uh, I, I loved it, especially starting to see her with friends that, like, shared her interests. Like... There was already video game consoles there. Uh, it seemed like maybe they played Dungeons and Dragons uh, or like some kind of tabletop RPG mm-hmm. from the stuff that was in that living room. Like I, I, I thought it was really nice to see her like living with people who shared those interests and affirmed those for her. Like I, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So then we go to 2010, where it's the boyfriend's apartment. Uh, I think this might have been the first place where we saw that GameCube. I'm not really sure. What did you guys think of The Boyfriend's Apartment, uh, starting with Kara? Oh, this one, I didn't really process it until after I finished playing it, but, like, I felt kind of odd mm-hmm. during this level in particular, just because of, like, it was already, like, an established space, so I almost felt like I was encroaching on territory that I didn't belong in. Yeah. And then, like, too, because that's the level where, like, you can't hang your diploma anywhere. Yeah. You have yes. to, like, stick it under the bed. That was such a really amazing little thing that was in there that just spoke volumes for the story yeah because you're going into this space and like i don't know about you guys but i kind of like had a caricature in my head of like what the dude was like that she was like moving in with Mm -hmm. based off of like he had like a food scale and like a blender and like a big thing of like protein powder i think and i'm like and it, and his and his like whole apartment has this dark like masculine vibe to it mm-hmm. and, and there's definitely this clash of like styles and this feeling of like there wasn't really any room made for her in the space yeah. you know and that and that Absolutely. is underscored by the, the fact that cleverly the designers made it so that there is no wall space for her diploma for her achievements for her accomplishment and she just kind of has to tuck herself into this space it was such a clever way of of making you feel exactly what you felt, Kara. This like awkward, like just sidling up to this guy and his life and trying to make it work. And you know, as we know from the next level, it doesn't work out. Spoiler alert: it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I think for me, this is where like sort of the turning point of the game, where it just was a puzzle game and then became like an actual story to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, there's like an actual storyline. There's a thread. There's a plot that's going to happen throughout this. And I think it's really interesting all of the different ways that it plays out like the diploma is absolutely one of them but it's also the fact that there's a lot of his things that you can't move and you have to wonder like is that a game design thing or is that the boyfriend the boyfriend being like no that's my stuff that's its spot do not touch it it just, as Kara said it you just feel really uneasy and like you're you're moving into someone else's space who has not made room for you, mm-hmm. has not left open spaces for you to put your things, and you feel uncomfortable moving his things, even though, like, you're going to have to live together. That's going to happen. But you still feel like, this isn't my home. Yeah. And like you said, Mike, just from the design of it as well, it is very Coles, modern, masculine. It does not seem to fit her vibe at all that we've seen so far now that she's moved into like three different homes and we have an idea of like who she is as a person mm-hmm. to take that twist like i i really love the environmental design uh and mm-hmm. the storytelling here like it's it's so clever what they managed to do yeah 
it's oh man i love this i love this game i love this level Mm -hmm. okay uh so then we move on to 2012 which is two years later and she is back home again back home uh kara how did you feel playing through this i mean i didn't go through a similar experience of like moving in with a partner breaking up and then moving back home as an adult but like i did like after i left the college i started off at and like officially just like came back home full time i felt that same kind of like oh, like I have all of this stuff that I didn't have before that now I have to put in a smaller space that already has stuff in it from before I left. Mm -hmm. And like trying to juggle where all of that was going to go, I found really relatable. Yeah. Um, I I also loved, 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 loved the fact that the picture of her and the boyfriend, if you put it on the bulletin board, she puts a pin through the face of the boyfriend. (laughs) No, I love it. <laughs> and like, it's meant to be like tucked away, like behind things, like in a cupboard, not looked at. Yeah. That was actually the one thing I struggled with at the end. I was like, okay, where does this picture go? I was like, do I put it in the trash? Like where? Matilda kept trying to do that when she was playing. She was like, she kept putting it in the sink. She put it in the tub. She put it in the trash. She's like, how can I ruin this? <laughs> Literally, I think I did the same thing. And then eventually it's just like, oh, it just has to, has to be like in a cupboard away. Just out of sight. Yeah. Out of sight out of mind exactly yeah and but her room so the the protagonist she's come back home her room is like a little updated now instead of the loft bed there's like a desk you know she still had her stuffed animals and like various stuff that was there from before she moved uh but it's like a little bit more a little bit more adult Mm -hmm. it was interesting listening to matilda play this uh, cause she had a different experience than I did. Uh, one thing we haven't really talked about so far is the music, uh, and how beautiful the music mm-hmm. is in this game. Oh, I absolutely gosh, yes. love it. It sets tone so well. And the music in this level in 2012 is like a little bit somber, mm-hmm. a little remorseful. And it's funny playing with Matilda. She hated the boyfriend so much that she was just like, no, this isn't sad. Good. She dumped his ass. (laughs) She was like, why is the music sad? She's free of him. She was like, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit my narrative. Her her own headcanon was was at odds with the music choice. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it does definitely come back with that stigma of like, having to live with your family, which is such bullshit. And, you know, as Kara said, like, the idea of owning a home is just so aspirational. Like, a lot of us do need to live with our family still because the economy is fucked. Mm-hmm. There, there is no option. It's a shame that it feels like a regression for some people, like, because it shouldn't have to be. It's, And I think it's a sign of a love, you know, between family of like, yeah, you're welcome here. Please come back whenever you need to. I think it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is 2012. And then we move on to 2013. Her first time living on her, on her own. Uh, Travis can definitely relate. How did you guys feel going through this new apartment in 2013? This was the one where I was like, oh, this is goals. Like, yeah. everything that I would want in an apartment was in this apartment. Like, an office space. <laughs> like, an like just, a, like, a nice organization structure for art supplies. And then having just, like, a nice little common area. And, like, getting to set up the kitchen and the bathroom. I was like, I'm, this is my practice for one day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, same goals, like to have like your own big, beautiful space with exposed brick. And I uh, know, right? Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, you like, where is this? Where is uh, where is this affordable? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, by this time, like you know, you kind of have an idea of what to expect. You're like, okay, you you know, you understand the mechanic. You you kind of like have a sense of what's going on. So I think this level is kind of 
straightforward in like you just need to put all the stuff away and there's like you've kind of got a hold on like what needs to go where and certain things like have to go in certain places it put me in an an anticipatory place because i was like i wonder is this like (laughs) actually i remember thinking is this where she discovers she's trans like i was thinking like is this going to be a trans narrative like i was because because you had been Playing it, I was telling like, you that it was queer. Yeah, yeah, telling me that it's queer. I was kind of like, uh, where, "When's the queer element coming in?" <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump into that. That's 2015, baby. So, for our viewers, um, I had prepped uh, Mike and Kara on like each level. A quick reminder of what happens in each one. And when we get to 2015, I just called it "shit gets gay." Shit gets gay, <laughs> and because I was so happy. So, Kara, what did you feel like the first time you played through this level? Um, I have a very visceral memory of opening the box of the girlfriend stuff and just yelling lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was so sweet because like, I remember going in the first instance of like moving your stuff into the boyfriend's apartment. I felt like I couldn't move anything. I didn't realize that you could like click on his stuff and move it as needed. And I felt weird doing that. But in this level, I think it was a nice narrative shift for it to be the character you've experienced through all of this so far on the flip side of it and it's in mm-hmm. the boyfriend's position. And because it's already like my stuff essentially that I'm moving, it didn't feel bad. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like it was wrong for me to be making the space for somebody else because I was doing what wasn't done for me previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the tables have turned. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Mike, how, how did you feel playing through this one? Yeah, uh, similar, uh, mostly in that it was it was kind of exciting being like, oh, there's like new boxes that aren't her boxes. You can tell because they're white. And also having not that long ago had to squeeze two people's lives into a single space. <laughs> and I was also really curious to discover what kind of partner our unnamed protagonist had chosen mm-hmm. or had met and was now choosing to share a life with. Yeah. And then you kind of get this picture, you know, much like in the very first level of the game, but now it's like this new individual who you're learning about through their possessions. Yeah, for sure. It's funny, despite having a podcast about queerness in gaming, how I didn't pick up on it at first because I'm dumb as rocks. <laughs> what? You didn't pick up that they were lesbians? No, I did like at first I was like, oh, she's gotten successful as an artist now and she went on a shopping spree and this is all of like her Amazon stuff. Good for her. You know what? Good for her. You thought they were a bunch of Amazon boxes. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like the game is specifically about moving and I still, my straight poisoned brain couldn't process the idea of like, oh, she's got a girlfriend now. It just didn't click with me until there was just so much stuff and I was like, oh, oh, this is a person. <gasps> lesbians yes yeah no she just she just ordered a bunch of stuff from alibaba it's like that's why it's all like asian yeah, exactly. uh, as soon as that moment happened i was billy eichner and just let's go lesbians <laughs> running down the street and i loved it because like there seems to be this idea that like they share some interests which is great because she didn't with the boyfriend but there's also enough things that are separate that you don't feel like it might be a problem. Mm-hmm. Like she also seems to love plants and she has a bunch of her own stuff. That's like unique to her. I I, I don't know. I, I loved it. Um, and she's got another plushie to put with the pig. She's got a tiger. Yeah. That was super cute. Do you guys have any more final thoughts on this level before we move on to the last one? Uh, the last one was like what really got me in the feels. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Same. So, yeah, there is the final level, Home Sweet Home, Baby Makes Three. How did you guys feel about that last level? Uh, starting with you, Kara. I, I had very strong emotions when I found the nursery. Because yeah. the first thing I usually did on these levels, I would cycle through all of the rooms just so I knew kind of what to expect. Like, how many boxes were there that I had to go through? Where might I be moving things to? And when I saw the baby room, I... I was like, oh, like, oh, yay. And um, I think I spent the most time just, like, clicking on things in there. And I and I did some reading about this in preparation. But there were over, like, 14,000 bits of Foley audio. I saw that. For the game. Incredible. Whoa. The one thing that, like, really stuck out to me more than anything was the ball mm. in the baby's room. Mm-hmm. Um, if you click on it and you're, like dragging it around the room and you shake it back and forth it rattles yes it does <laughs> and um the audio channel like moves left to right as you do it oh really depending on like how you move it through the screen it was done really really effectively and um saying like everything kind of come together i also got very emotional over the fact that like throughout everything you see starting off as like a kid who just likes to draw and then getting you know the art tablet and getting you know like a cintiq essentially and having like development sketches and concept sketches pinned up on a board and then eventually those sketches are finalized and then when she's in the house you get like awards and symbols of achievement for her work Mm -hmm. and there's a box that is just like a bunch of like published books that she's illustrated Mm -hmm. i loved it yeah there is that career development element that happens throughout where we we watch that progression it starts off as just markers and coloring stuff and then yeah we eventually get to this place of like accolades uh, uh, upon published works yeah i remember opening that box seeing the first book and being like oh it's for the baby well that's nice they have a picture book for the baby and then seeing another one and being like well that's weird why do they have two of the same book and then pulling out another one being like they're hers like (laughs) i was like so happy for her yeah again dumb as rocks but um i really enjoyed the little journey each level took me on as i discovered things Mm -hmm. with the exception of the blocks screw the blocks too many of them (laughs) way too many of those little letter blocks everywhere couldn't fit them anywhere it just made me super grumpy (laughs) And then once I found out it was an acceptable thing to put them on the floor, I was like, no, no, put your toys away. (laughs) I think I put them like on the wall structure, like the hexagon thing. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys uh, get any of the unlocks, like the weird, like the extra bonus stuff? I got a couple of them. Which ones did you? So I got the fridge magnets because I did the math with the fridge magnets. What other other, like little secrets were there? So if you put the tiger and the pig, I think if you put both of them in the crib mm-hmm. i can't remember how it's written but it's almost like well now they're like dueling for like the affection of the child <laughs> and I, I remember there was something like a special graphic or something that you unlock that kind of showed that illustrated but i'm not 100 percent sure on it but i have a memory of something similar to that <laughs> quite often i was just trying to get everything out of the boxes and then i would figure out where stuff had to go afterwards i just i i'm a very visual person i have trouble visualizing like without stuff in front of me so i got a lot of those achievements because stuff ended up going in weird places <laughs> because it wasn't about an actual place for it i just was throwing it somewhere so i could visualize it mm. so i got one because i put the cookie jar up on the top shelf out of reach 
and it was called like a sometimes food. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I remember Maddie was doing it and she was doing a similar thing to me. So she was like moving stuff around and she put the hair straightener either in the tub or the sink or something. And it was just called electrical hazard, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. There's one, if you put the tiger and the pig next to each other, it's called like fuzzy friends. Aww. Oh, I thought it was really cute. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot about the home achievements until you mentioned that. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, no problem. I was just curious because I I was like, I'm I'm sure there's more. Like I'm sure there there's like hidden gems in this game that I did not have the chance to unlock. But you also brought up an interesting point, which was how I think everyone kind of approaches this game with like their own methodology of like how they do it. Yeah. Uh, and mine shifted over the course of playing the game because I definitely started out just like enjoying the reveal of each item and then placing it as it came out but then by the end of it i was like yeah let's get everything out in the open and then put it away kind of thing so yeah yeah. for sure if you guys had to move tomorrow for whatever reason somebody packed up all your stuff and you got to the new place what is the first thing you want to pull out of the box like either because you need it out in the open or because you need to use it like what is the first thing you want to pull out of the box what would be the first thing my cat (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair, especially if you didn't put air holes in the box. That that makes a, a, a place for me is, is usually the living creatures more so than the, the possessions. But uh, yeah. How about you, Kara? I, to be a typical streamer, my, I mean, my, realistically, the first thing I would be setting up would be my stream setup, getting my PC out. Because I just know that would probably take me the most time to reconfigure everything and make sure everything has a space to be plugged in. And then, like, art supply things, just so that way I can still be working as I unpack if I decide to take a break. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel very Joey from Friends in the, like, when someone says they don't have a TV, my immediate thought is, what is all of your furniture pointed at? (laughs) But that's absolutely me. Like, a lot of my love of things revolves around media, between video games and television and film and stuff like that. It's where a lot of my hobbies and my interests and stuff are. And even the music that I'm playing usually comes out of my TV. If I'm you know casting something up from a screen on my laptop it's coming up on my tv like that is like the focal point i need to have that set up and i build everything else around that. <laughs> like can i see my my tv from the kitchen if that's an option i'm gonna try it like so that i can see it while i'm making food and stuff it's uh probably not healthy that that's my focal point but that's what it is <laughs> i mean so much of our our lives revolve around media be it the podcast or your former career choices and stuff so right, so that that for you is the object you would you would unpack your tv first yeah i i just because everything's going to revolve around around like where does that go i need to know where that space is because then everything just like builds outwards from that mm-hmm. and like because i moved two months ago i still have not finished unpacking <laughs> like, just, i've still got some kitchen boxes but and you've like, beaten this game <laughs> yeah i unpacked her stuff before <laughs> you, I unpacked you've beaten mine. this whole game and you're not done <laughs> unpacking your real space nope <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Um, I want you to make some assumptions about this queer person's life without having all the information, because that's healthy. Uh, I'm just so curious what you think. Do you think that she was queer, either she was out as queer or knew she was queer or whatever it may be, when she moved in with the boyfriend? Do you think she was bi or she discovered she was queer afterwards? Hmm. I know we're just making logical leaps here or like just assumptions, Mm -hmm. but I I would say no, I don't think so. I I think that maybe she had an inkling. Maybe she had had some experimental times, but I don't know if she had ever seriously considered a life with a female partner. And I, it, to me, it seemed like 
she there was there was a discovery point man i'm just maybe i'm just like putting yeah so much you, you feel that way as well yeah i did too um i felt like going to like the level where she moves back home like travis said earlier like a lot of people view moving home as a, a moment of regression and i've always thought of it as an opportunity to recenter versus that mm-hmm. and to kind of like reevaluate your priorities and figure out basically if you're starting you know back at square one what are you going to do next and for her maybe her decision was if i had this really bad experience with this male partner maybe she had some moments with her friends that she lived with who knows but that moment when she's back at home like kind of reevaluating her life because that's sort of the part too where her career starts taking more of a a prevalent place Mm -hmm. in her like set dressings with like the sketches and everything and you start seeing all of that a lot more Mm -hmm. so i think during that moment like that's always like a nice time for that to happen so around 2013 i think maybe she started having those maybe started discovering and having those feelings and all that jazz yeah i i kind of got similar vibes to both of you uh i I feel like discovering yourself as queer gives you a whole new perspective on what you want out of life and what you want out of relationships. I feel like if she'd known she was queer, she never would have gotten, even if she's bi or pan, she still would not have gotten into a relationship with this dude because she knew that it would have been a bad idea. Like, I feel like someone who goes as far as to move in with someone who is that resistant to you being a part of their life does not know what they want and feels like they're, kind of trying to fill a role or an obligation as opposed to like an actual romantic partnership i'm projecting a lot but that's also like that's kind of the point of the game is you project experiences onto the objects that you're playing around with Mm -hmm. but that's definitely the the vibe and the feel that i got and i i I think it's just it's fun as queer people to speculate and do our own little you know queer head cannons and stuff like that um yeah do you guys have any final thoughts on unpacking anything else that you wanted to talk about or bring up before we go? Uh, Kara? I I looked at the achievements. I pulled up a list. Ooh. And there, there is indeed not one for putting them in the crib. The Fuzzy Friends one was one I got earlier, and I think I just put them both in the crib because I thought that was cute. And for some reason, the graphic of them shaking hands or whatever, I thought they were like arm wrestling because that's kind of what it looks like. Oh! <laughs> I had a little Mandela effect moment. Little <laughs> <laughs> Berenstein Bears universe. Yes. Okay, Mike, anything else you wanted to say about unpacking before we go? Yeah, I the article that I read on Kotaku about unpacking was, I just feel like it put it so beautifully. I want to just read a little excerpt from that article. Mm-hmm. It says, unpacking is a game about moving home. It's a game about growth and heartbreak and the compartmentalization of those feelings that occur after. It's a game about slowly figuring out who you are as life experience accrues and personal goals change. Unpacking's guiding philosophy is everything in its place. I thought that was just beautifully put because mm-hmm. that was, it was so much of this, this game. It was just about the changes and growth and heartbreak. And, and even in th- like anyone who's done therapy, mm-hmm. you know that there's this, con- so much of life happens so quickly and with, with such a volume of information and that sometimes the simple act of just sitting down and unpacking moments really can illuminate a lot of stuff about your own self, mm-hmm. a lot of qualities. And I think that through this environmental storytelling, uh, it was just this wonderful way of, of having this narrative unfold. And uh, yeah, if you want, if you're like, for anyone looking for like a low key, like chill, meditative, 
soothing, as you said, Travis, soothing experience. You know, there's just a lot there. And I think it was just a really thoughtful, heartfelt game. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's about all we have time for today to talk about unpacking. Um, We probably spent as long talking about it as you would playing it. (laughs) It is a fairly short game. Yeah, it's very short. Which I love, honestly. Mm -hmm. I I love a good short game. If you can get your experience and get your message across in that short a time, that's awesome. But we got to ask that classic age-old question. Hey, Kara, what you playing? Um, too many things, as per usual. <laughs> Most of my time is now dedicated to Pokemon Legends Arceus, in, oh my God. in all honesty. But I recently started playing Lost Ark. Um, I started playing Fortnite, so I, could ha- so I have games to play with friends. Yeah, it's been a lot of that, and just like going through my backlog. I've been revisiting some like DS uh, JRPGs oh, okay. as well. So that's been fun. Nice, nice. Uh, hey, Mike. What you playing? You know, I'm just playing a lot of Overwatch again. I'm kind of just waiting for the next thing because I beat Spider-Man Miles Morales. Morales. Wow. Miles Molasses. Oh my god. (laughs) This I'm. I can't live without coffee, man. I gotta figure this out. This is so brutal. (laughs) Yeah, I beat Spider-Man, so now I'm just playing a lot of Overwatch, Minecraft, and you know what? I did actually just re-download Fortnite not that long ago, mostly because I love Spider-Man and he's in it now, and I want to see what that web swinging mechanic is like and. Haven't played it again yet, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. How about you, Travis? What you playing? Well, I mean, if both of you have downloaded Fortnite, maybe we need to squad up. Like, just yes. saying. <laughs> like, maybe I need to download this. Is there crossplay? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd be down. Uh, and I mean, I have every console, which I shouldn't, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm justifying it as for the podcast. This is an investment in my... <laughs> <laughs> non-monetized career but you know hey, it is all a tax write-off at the yeah. end of the day yeah she gets it she's got it <laughs> so what am i playing okay uh i am so happy i finally got pokemon legends arceus and i am loving it yeah you were I'm you were so complaining because last episode you were you were missing out on the on the cultural wave that is pokemon legends arceus that i think everyone is playing except me and now i'm one of the cool kids i have it <laughs> i'm so happy <laughs> I'm I, I'm thrilled, honestly. Like, yes, the graphics are suboptimal. Like, I know that. But I don't care. The gameplay is so great. It's everything yeah. I've ever wanted out of a Pokemon game. Like, I think I might try to do an episode on it. It's not queer. It's like queering the idea of what a Pokemon game can be. So maybe we'll go with that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll justify it. We'll figure it out. But I love it. Like, I'm so happy. Yeah, that's it. Like I'm I'm actually going for Pokédex completion, which I have never done in a game before. Wait, how many how many Pokémons are in this one? 242. Okay, that's, that's correct. That's not yes. too bad. I currently have the Pokédex completed for about 180 of them. Um, and because the Pokedex is not as simple and straightforward as it was in previous games, you don't just catch it and you're done. You have to observe specific behaviors. You have to see it use specific moves, that kind of thing. So it's a lot more involved. And yet, despite all that, I'm so much more invested. And like, I, I really want to complete it. And I want to get that shiny charm. That's what I'm doing lately. Yeah, that's that's it. All right. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Kara, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so mm-hmm. glad we had you back. Yeah, of course. Where can we find you, Kara? Yeah, um, you can find me over on uh, twitch.tv slash caricature. And then Instagram, same structure for the writing, Twitter, Kara underscore couture. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff. I'm in the middle of a Dragon Age playthrough right now for the first time, which is really, really fun. Doing more draws plays. I do one every week. And in April, I will be hosting my first digital drag show called Press Start. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Every oh. single song in the show is from video games. So very heavy-handed presentation production value. So I, I think it's unlike anything that has been done with digital drag. And I'm I'm really excited to have it out there. Everybody who's in the show is working really hard and making some really cool stuff. Oh, I'm so excited. Like I'm I'm considering getting into drag myself. So that this is like literally you're an inspiration. You are an inspiration. Ah. So like it, thank you so much, Kara. I'm so excited. Okay. Well then, on that note, uh, thank you, Mike, again so much, and we will see you next time. Uh, This has been Rainbow Road. So who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? (laughs) Oh, I I don't even know who's in it. (laughs) No, but, I mean, it's obviously the, the Rotterdam Pink Flamingos. That's oh they're goodness. they're the they're my the team I'm voting for. Uh, there's a vote, right? 